Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Chuck, we got into this conversation a little bit yesterday, and Tommy wanted to come back to it this morning. Has Nick Saban lost it? <laughs> he sure lost it on the sidelines the other day, didn't he? <laughs> he did, didn't he? No, I don't think he's lost it. I think they, um, um, you know, I think they're going through a rough patch, and they look mortal. And we're not used to Alabama looking mortal. And Saban looks mortal. He looks normal. He goes crazy on the sidelines like other coaches do. And he's dealing with frustrations that other coaches have to deal with. Um, You know, I think he's frustrated. I think he's clearly frustrated. Maybe not just with what happened Saturday night. Just generally speaking, I think he may be frustrated. But I don't think he's lost it. We've had several texters yesterday and also this morning. Griffin Fayetteville's been on the idea of Scott Cochran. Now, he's lost offensive coordinators. He's lost defensive coordinators. He's lost different assistants. But Scott Cochran was with him for quite some time, and now he's with Kirby in Georgia. What about that aspect, not just the strength and conditioning, but the sidelines, that the morale that Cochran seemed to provide? Well, I think the strength coach is important. I think it's a very important part of your program. But I don't think he's the difference, no. I, I, don't, I don't think that's the difference, why Georgia's suddenly, uh, you know, where they are and Alabama lost a game. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's like that. I, I, think it's, uh, I think Tennessee played a great game. And, yeah. you know, Alabama did some things, and they're doing some things right now. We don't normally see Alabama do. But I don't think the fact that Alabama – picked up 17 penalties for example on saturday i don't think that has anything to do with scott cochran leaving alabama and going to georgia i don't think any of us would argue that the gap has narrowed between the rest of the field and alabama georgia's caught up first but you know for whatever you know that, that that's the discussion to me is why has the gap narrowed Tennessee's program may or probably has made some strides but they haven't caught up now their team has caught up this year but there's a difference in my mind chuck between a team and a program. No one's program other than maybe Georgia and Ohio State is on the level of Alabama. Obviously, the quarterback and hooker at Tennessee has caught their team up this year, but I think we'd all agree the gap has narrowed in where Alabama's at, and I think NIL and the transfer portal are 
at the top of the list as to why we're seeing what we're seeing. Well, I think we're talking about all this because of Hendon Hooker. Yeah. I think that's why we're talking about all this. I think that was the difference for Tennessee on Saturday. I went back and watched the game. I didn't see it live, obviously, because we were playing. But uh, Hendon Hooker's what makes Tennessee go. And he was the difference in that ball game. And, you know, without Tennessee signing Hendon Hooker, I don't think we're having this conversation because Alabama would have won the ball game, but they didn't. And, and Hooker, in my mind, was the difference. So Tommy asked me yesterday, what would it take for you to say that Nick's lost? And I said, and we kind of agreed after the show, maybe three or four losses this year. That's what it would take for me. Would it take anything for you after this season to make that definitive statement? No, I, I, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't say that. First of all, if I don't think Alabama is going to lose three or four games. I think they lost a game. I think they lost a shootout game, kind of like some of those games they lost to Ole Miss. You know, when Hugh Freeze was there. Um, you know, that quarterback was the difference. Just like I think in some of those games, um, you know, maybe the quarterback was the difference. And um, you know, Alabama may not lose again this year. And we may not be having this conversation later, but I think it was a frustrating day because they lost in a way they don't normally lose. Chuck, yeah. what do you do if Alabama is eleven or twelve and one with an SEC champion win over Georgia? Georgia's only loss is to Alabama in the SEC championship, and Tennessee's only loss is to Georgia in a couple weeks. Do you put three t- SEC teams in the college football playoff? Oh, I think you know the odds are all that's not going to play out. I mean, that's a lot of ifs. And, um, you know, the odds are that won't happen. But if it does, I mean, you're going to have quite a debate. All of them will make a strong case that they should be in there. And if you've got all three of those teams with one loss, is that what you're saying? If all three of those teams have one loss, yeah, all three of them will be in the playoff. Boy, there will be some people mad in Clemson. But that's a big, big, (laughs) big series of ifs right there. That's a big series of ifs, guys. Yeah. So I'm 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 not sure Georgia's going to beat Tennessee, and if Alabama gets there, and um, you know Tennessee gets there, if they play again, I, I wouldn't bet on Tennessee. Tommy, would you feel more confident for Tennessee if that game was in Knoxville instead of Athens? I think that sure. might be the well, yeah, difference well, yeah. I mean, they're in, at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, as it I, stands right now, would you pick Georgia or Tennessee? I'd pick Georgia. They're at home right now. I mean, now Georgia, I would too. I would Georgia too. hasn't been tested quite the way Tennessee has, and mainly because they played Alabama. And Tennessee also went to Baton Rouge. I think Tennessee's resume is better than Georgia's to this point. But mm-hmm. Georgia at home, you'd be a fool not to pick them. Right? Well, now. let's 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 watch and see what Tennessee does now. I mean, Tennessee's the toast of college football. Tennessee's the hunted now. They've gone. You know, they were the hunter last week against Alabama. It's not going to be that way anymore. And so uh, let's see how Tennessee handles all this. Well, it's a good thing they got UT Martin this week. and I Yeah, bet they they'll handle of, them. They'll, yeah, they'll they, handle but, them. But I bet they drag around for a quarter or so just to get kind of get over things. That's what we Wouldn't see a lot of times. Me. You know, we'll win the game, me. and it won't be close at the end. But it's a good thing the schedule doesn't set up where they got Kentucky or uh, even South Carolina, someone like that, forget Georgia for this conversation. I mean, it's a good thing that they have a non-conference game, and the schedule makers, you know, probably not knowing when this was set up a couple of years ago, did it right. Well, look at what we've dealt with the last couple of weeks with K.J. Jefferson. And then when he came back, you know, we got that scare at the end of the BYU game when he got that stinger. Tennessee played a great game and won the biggest game they've won in a long time, but they're one play away from being right back where they were. 
they're no different than a lot of other teams. You lose your starting quarterback, and you're not going to be nearly as good. So let's 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 let all this stuff play out before we crown them. Yeah. But uh, and you know, there's been years before where we've wondered if there was a chink in Alabama's armor, and they had a way by the end of the year of of looking like what we expect them to look like. And I'm not so sure that Alabama won't end up doing that again. But Hey, that was a great game on Saturday, and it's one of those games that causes people to jump to conclusions. And I think if we say Saban's done, I think that's too big a conclusion. And I think if we say Tennessee's going to go 11 and one, I think uh, or 12 and one, I, I think I think that's too big a conclusion too. We got to remember in Alabama's championship years, only twice have they gone undefeated in 2009, and then Mac Jones's year a few years back. So a lot of times when they do win the national championship, well, yeah. they do drop a regular season. Very game. few teams go unbeaten, and I mean, you know, Ole Miss kind of had Alabama's number there. It seemed for two or three years, and um, nobody else did, but it well, seemed like Ole Miss did, and. Um, you know, there's a lot of season left to play out. And I don't believe in Ole Miss, but let's be honest, they're a win away over Alabama from entering this sure. conversation. Absolutely. Eliminating Alabama from it. So. Now, let me say this. If Ole Miss beats Alabama, I think there's something to – I'm not saying he's lost it, but I think there's something to the gradual decline theory, which uh, is going to happen. At some point, there's going to be a gradual decline. We see it with all the legends. And, um, you know, if Ole Miss beats him, I'll buy in. But but not to the fact that he's lost it, but that things are beginning to slip a little bit. He's got to lose five or six games over a two-year period for me to yeah. you know, back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, that's I need to see consistency in the decline. Well, I mean, first off, somebody else has got to get to Atlanta. Yeah. You know, I mean, first off, somebody right. else has got to win the West. And then, you know, maybe we can talk. They've had Auburn won it in 2013. They also won it in 2010. You saw LSU in, in 2019 do what they did with Joe Burrow, and then Georgia beat them in the SEC championship. But rare is it that you don't see Alabama represented in the West. And Ole Miss with Jackson Dart and the way they've been playing football, the question I have, Tommy, that you pose is they hadn't played – I mean, they had played Kentucky, but they hadn't played anyone. Like, I don't know what Ole Miss is because they really haven't been tested to this point. No, I mean, we – we talked about this in August before we teed up the first football that, hey, Ole Miss could easily race out to 6-0, and be a top-10 team. I remember saying, don't be surprised if they're 6-0 and in a top-10 team, and then it all fall apart. Their last four or five ball games are brutal. And if they navigate all that, they deserve everything they get. But I'll be surprised if Ole Miss does. They're, they're living on a very weak first half of the season in, as far as scheduling goes. Lots of things change in the second half of the year, good and bad. I mean, you can be a piddling team, and uh, you can catch fire, and all of a sudden by the end of the year, you're you're one of the better teams out there. By the same token, I mean, like you're saying, and I don't know that it's going to happen with Ole Miss, but we see teams all the time race out to a 6-0, 7-0 start, and then all of a sudden the meat of the schedule hits and the pressure hits, and uh, handling success becomes part of the equation, and you can find yourself in a spot where, you know, that fast starts a distant memory by the time you get to the end of November. Yeah. 
All right, we're live this morning at the fourth annual Crappie, uh, Mr. Crappie Invitational Classic. We're at Table Rock. They're going to have the Mr. Crappie Expo at the Branson Convention Center this weekend. We'll be telling you more about that. Sassy's Barbecue, they've been around for over 13 years. Great barbecue, catfish, burgers, and more. Hey, there's no better place to watch games. We've got a bye week coming up, so if you're going to get out in Fayetteville, get over to Sassy's. they got two locations, both with great patios. I know it's not patio weather this morning. But it's supposed to be back in the 70s and 80s for the weekend. be a perfect time to be outside to have a great meal. Sassy's can also cater your next tailgate event as well. It's all at Sassy's, their original Red House on Cottage, also on Steamboat just off the Weddington exit. Eat, drink, and be sassy. Chuck, Rocket Sanders didn't even have 400 rushing yards his senior year of high school. He's got nearly 907 games this year. Now, we know D-Mac rushed. In 2006, for over 1,600, they wear number five, the comparison. there any chance Rocket could catch D-Mac this year? Oh, I don't know. Probably not, just just to be honest about it. Um, you know, Rocket was a wide receiver, and they converted him into a running back. And, um, you know, I don't know who made that call, but it was a pretty good call. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he's uh, – He's a great back. I mean, he is he is a great football player. Now, I'm not going to put him in the conversation with McFadden yet. That doesn't mean I don't think he's not a great player, but I'm not going to go that far. What was it, 321 that McFadden had against South Carolina? Well, and I mean, he, he McFadden's that... running out of the Wildcat. He's running yeah. out of the, you know, he's, he's, he's the tailback in the eye. I mean, it's uh, um, McFadden, guys like McFadden come around, you know, once or twice in a lifetime. Well, you know, but my – point is 321 he'd have to have that kind of game and you know maybe liberty but i don't i mean i don't i don't know if that game's on the schedule maybe missouri at the end but just because he statistically would match his rushing yeah. numbers does not put him in the same no, conversation I, I, as hey, McFadden. I love rocket i love rocket he's, he's a great, great player. player man yeah. i'm glad we got him i'm glad he's on our team but let's not get carried away. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, statistically you can compare, but he's not yeah, in the same class. Yeah, but, you know, numbers, numbers tell part of the story. They don't tell the whole story. No, well, guys, I, I Ken, hear what you're saying. Ken O'Brien is sure glad to have him, too. Rocket oh, yeah. is going to be a tremendous ambassador for this university. The way that he conducts himself on a daily basis, there may not be a better pro in the building. Everything he does. He can come babysit my kids anytime he wants. I remember Clay telling me that the weight and not to say that rocket wasn't a good looking player when he stepped on campus but him coming in the spring and being ready as a true freshman last year you, there's some guys you notice right away he was one of those well I, I think that's probably got something to do with it but i think kendall hit on something right there that that's the big thing and i've heard about this or i've heard this about him from the minute that he stepped on the campus that um he's one of those guys that's early um you know, he's one of those guys that you never have to worry about. He's always going to do his job. He's not going to run his mouth. He's going to go to class. He's going to have a good G. He, he's going to do everything that you ask a player to do. And um, that's, in my mind, you know, that's one of the things that just from the years of watching it, um, if you've got a guy like that and he's got some ability and you can find the right spot for him, uh, that's a guy that'll help you win a lot of games. Sounds like he's just a more athletic Ty Richardson from what you just described. Well, so. I, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, Ty's always early. Yeah, I'll yeah. give him that. Ty's always to class early. all the time, but, you know. I, did, I went to class. Um, <laughs> not freshman. But, not freshman but, year. 
You know, when we get in this conversation, it's a compliment to Rocket. It's not trying to, to me, that's no. how I, it's a compliment to Rocket. It's not trying to put him in the same, on the same shelf as McFadden. The fact that he's even in the same conversation on a statistical trend tells you the quality of player he is. And uh, so, I, yeah, I don't think people need to get carried away that you've got someone that, that elk. I don't think anyone <laughs> thinks that, but it's a compliment to, and puts it in perspective what he's, what he's doing this year. I think LSU does a great job with their number seven on giving it to a player that is worthy and deserves it. And I actually got a chance to talk with Darren after the Cincinnati game earlier this year. And I asked, so how do you think Rocket's going to do this year? What do you think? And he was, he's proud to see what he's doing thus far this year. And I, I think, I mean, you look at what he's done. He's had to go through some of the better defenses. Not that it's going to get easy because you're an SEC player, but guys, I mean, Tommy, you didn't. I didn't think anyone was going to bust a thousand. No. Unless something, unless an injury happens, he's going to kill a thousand yards this yeah. season. Well, and that's good for recruiting down the road. I mean, that's a story to go tell Chuck, and you know, backs want to achieve that. It just it shows you at Arkansas, it's it, you know, it's still possible. And it's possible in a lot of places, but we hadn't seen it in a little while. Well, you know, it's a lot of that's the offensive line. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is, and uh, you got a bunch of veterans up there, and. You know, one of the things I noticed when I fell out that spotting board is the number of consecutive starts on that offensive line. You know, you think about they've played seven games this year with the same offensive line. Uh, they've not had guys get hurt there. They've not had to shuffle like they've had to do, for example, in the secondary. If you'd have those kind of injuries on the offensive line, we wouldn't be talking about all this. So those guys get a lot of credit. And, um, you know, right now Arkansas, when hey, when they're on, their running game's terrific. And, you know, one of the things about Saturday was, um, you know, I do think before we start, you know, putting McFadden's name out there, I mean, you know, you can't put the ball on the ground. And one of the things that I thought was interesting Saturday was that after they benched him, I knew he'd come back motivated. I don't think anybody doubted that. But he was a fresh back. He was a fresh back against a worn-out defense. And I thought that was a real difference in the in the uh, second half of that game toward the end of the third quarter from that point on, you know, when he busted it. I, I just thought that, you know, the time on the sideline had not only motivated him, but it had also left him with fresh legs, and that was important. You mentioned that offensive line. I, I don't have the email in front of me, but I think they got the, the Joe Moore Award yeah. uh, quarterfinalist. Yeah, yeah mid-season. They, they made, a, made the cut, so to speak. So They'll be in the running. I bet yeah. they're among the finalists. What do you want to bet? I'd, I'd say so. You had Bo Limmer, got named to Pro Football Focus's All-American second team. You also had Ricky get named to the Sporting News second team All-American. So you got two guys that are being recognized by national publications. And, yeah, they, uh, they'll they probably be a finalist to y'all's Well, point. one thing to think about, if you've got a 1,000-yard rusher, you're going to have some all-offensive linemen. They're either going to be all-conference or they're going to be all-Americans. The two go hand-in-hand. You know, you look at an all-American offensive lineman, generally speaking, he's either protecting a great quarterback or blocking for a great running back. Yep, Uh, who was snapping in 2006 and 2007 when Darren and Felix went roughshod. That would be Remington Award winner Jonathan Luigs. It tends to happen like that. That's how it works. I'd say Ricky, the way he's played this year, has a – a chance, and I know he's probably still ticked off of the A&M thing, botched snap at the end of the game, but he's been great. And they, I mean, Tommy, you think about when they just couldn't, they couldn't snap the ball two or three years ago, and now it's 
for well, the there, yeah. I, I mean, that's what we see when we watch the ball. But I mean, he's a uh, um, the center's got to be the most cerebral guy out there. And um, Stromberg, Stromberg's a great player, and he's a smart player. You don't see very many really good teams, guys, without a good center. I mean, just, no. I mean, the center's where. I mean, Clay talks about this all the time when. Clay likes to talk ball. You start watching the game from the from the center out, and uh, if you don't have a good center, you probably don't have a very good football team in a lot of respects. So. Good teams are built from the inside out. Yeah, let me, let um, me not just on the offensive line. Let me Go ask, ahead, Ty. Let me ask you all this: Did Rocket was the game plan? And I know Dominique was injured first couple weeks, but was the game plan more spread out from Kendall and Sam's perspective what they were going to do with the running backs? And Rocket was so dominant that he just kind of took it over? Did they have this idea that it was going to be more split them on the backs and then Rocket was so above? I know he's well, I think they knew. I think they knew. That's why he was the first team running back. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, that's why he was first string. See, I think when Dominic Johnson got hurt, he just seized the moment. He just he, they just put it on his back. Well, I think that was part it. of it. I think that was part of it. But um, I think it was becoming pretty evident at the end of last year that um, Rocket was not a guy that, you know, was going to be sharing the load. I thought one of the plays of the year last year that he made was that back shoulder snag against Alabama that put them within seven, I, I think. And I know we think about his runs. We think about that 64-yarder he just had against BYU and that pitch pass that he had against Missouri State earlier this year. But he's got soft hands, too. I mean, this is you, you talk about football players sometimes, Chuck. This guy is a football player. You can put him anywhere, he's going to make plays. Well, is this like Rocket for All America Day on the show? <laughs> but uh, no, he's 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 good. I'm, I mean, he's good. He he's a he's a player, and they've uh, um, um, you know I I think they might like to use him a little more in the passing game from a swing perspective. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, I mean, he can uh, he can do a lot of things. Yeah, him and AJ were out there kind of as that safety valve out yeah. in the flat a lot this past weekend at. Mm -hmm. uh, at BYU. All right, we're live this morning. We're on the water. There's no better way to start your day than on the water somewhere. I mean, a, a bad day of fishing has got to be better than a good day of work. And Morning Rush is live today at the fourth annual uh, Mr. Crappie Invitational Classic. They got a $300,000 purse here, guys. I mean, this isn't a. That's this real money. This isn't your, just a, your pot tournament on Wednesday night here. They're, they're getting after it for some, for some, real, uh, some real stuff. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So Drew Sanders and Ricky Stromberg on Sporting News 2022 midseason All-American team. Bo Limmer, Dwight McLaughlin, and Drew also on the second team All-American for pro football focus. Guys being recognized for what they've done this year and Wayne Newty's been kind of the, the really good cover corner. Drew's the number one projected guy by Mel Kuyper right now as an inside linebacker. Had a good season at this point, fellas. Yeah, I mean, they're all playing well. Every single one of them deserves what they've gotten in terms of the individual awards or the individual nominations or watch lists or whatever they're on. Um, you know, they've played seven games and they've got five more to go. And they're either going to increase their stock or, you know, keep it where it is or it's going to drop off. So, I mean, my point is there's a lot of football left to be played. But for what's happened so far, I mean, all those guys deserve everything they've gotten. Yeah. Did you say that was a mid-season All-American list? Correct. Okay. Let's make sure we had one. I, you know, sport wouldn't be the same without it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've uh, and 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 look. One of the things you you know you got to think about is I mean when when uh, Pro Football Focus or the Sporting News or any of these other teams put out their their midseason watch list. I mean, uh, um, you know, part of that's for their benefit too. I, I mean, they're uh, sure. you know part of that's making sure people mention their name all the time. So you know you uh, um, and again, I think they deserve everything they've gotten. Don't get me wrong. I I, I just think that it's a midseason watch list and there's a lot left to do. Well, in two weeks, we're coming out with our Give Me the Hogs, Chuck, uh, two-thirds of the season. That's all, right. All That's exactly list, right. So we're going to have we'll our two-thirds of the season, yeah. uh, mid-season, or two-thirds of the season watch list. Yes. So that'll be coming out soon as well. So. <laughs> Arkansas women's will, Check newsstands everywhere. So. That's right. Sorry, Ty. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Arkansas women's basketball got a projected fourth, not even mid-season, preseason, guys, so even better. Uh, highest they've been projected since the 95-96 years. Is that Blair? Is he coaching back then? I believe, yes. I believe, been, yes. yeah, right yeah. at the because Sutherland was there when they started, and I think Blair came in right after that. By started, so, I mean the SEC. Yes. So, um, you know the, the the media days is going on, and I and there's no I don't know how to tell them to do it any better, but I really wish it wasn't right here where it can't get the attention, and that we could cover it more. I guess it fell in a in a week where there's a buy, but you know basketball media days in such a, in a season where the the men are projected to be so good, um, you know that event just doesn't get a, a a speckle of the coverage that the football event gets. Well, no, and now I could go on and on about how they start too early, but nobody wants to hear that anymore. So uh, we're playing an exhibition game Monday night, fellas. And so, I mean, it is, uh, it's right around the corner. And, no, the media days for basketball doesn't get as much attention because, as you say, I mean, it's right smack dab in the middle of football. Yeah, it's just uh, I wish they could – I wish there was a better way, but I don't have. I don't have. I just can identify the problem. I can't help them with the solution on this one. So. No, I, it's look. That that's just part of. That's it's part of starting in November. Is that if you're going to do that, you're going to have your media days in the middle of October, and um, you know that's just not where people's attention in our leagues focused. It's a football yeah. first league. If they thought media day was that important, which it probably isn't in the grand scheme of things, you could still host it 
after the season started, take a day or two in December and do it, but uh, even after the season started. I, I just I just think it's a problem without a solution, to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. And, and, you know, football, the way they do it now in July, they turn it into a week-long production. I mean, look, anybody that's ever been to SEC Media Days knows if they really got after it, you could do it in two days. And back when it started, you know, when it was in Birmingham at that old hotel downtown, I mean, it uh, that's kind of how they did it. And then they figured out that, hey, they're not talking about anything else. If we'll drag this out, they'll talk about us all week long. And then it, you know, with the SEC network, it just morphed into, you know, it's its, its own event. And basketball is never going to be able to equal that. Yeah. It would break Ty's heart if they turned that into a two-day event. I look forward that, to that event every that's year. That's his biggest week of the year. Well, man. yeah, it's because you work like three hours a day and oh, you take the oh. rest. I've been there. Whoa, whoa, I've whoa, been whoa. there. I've been there. Don't uh, try to fool me. This is blasphemy. You can fool the fans, Ty. You can't now. fool the players. <laughs> Tommy, I'm gonna need I know you how it works. I'm going to need you to refute what Chuck just said. <laughs> I, I think Chuck overstated. I think it's about two and a half hours a day. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm giving you too much credit. I've seen the receipts he's turned in from down there. I mean, you can't – there's just not enough hours in the day to go to that many bars and get some work done. Uh, I guess we're just uh, telling white lies on the radio this morning. I guess Chuck and I'll have to go down there next year and show you how to do it. The hell you will. No, that's I've, not going to happen. I I've promise you there, we're not. I, I've <laughs> been there. I know the story. It'll be yeah. in Nashville this next year. I wonder what I'll Oh, yeah. Then we, Chuck, we may have to go to that yeah, That'll be a good trip for you. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a good time. All right, last thing here in your hog update. Arkansas baseball kind of going through their fall series right now. Aaron Fitt with D1 Baseball thinks that Arkansas might have college baseball's best pitching staff. You think about who you return. Hagen Smith, McIntyre, Brady Tiger, and there's one other guy that I'm forgetting that it should be at the top of my head as well. Guys, they're going to have a hellacious pitching staff this year. I know we're a long way from baseball beginning next spring, but it's going to be fun to watch Dave Van Horde squad next year. You know, we was talking about getting attention. I think this fall ball uh, for the baseball team has probably got more attention than preseason basketball stories, and it shouldn't be, but we've sure been focused on, on a lot of that. I think people are excited. Season ticket renewals are about to happen, and uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun, Chuck, the way they've changed it where you can have some more exhibition games and – and added things to the fall portion of, of college baseball. Well, I think a big part of it is these are open events. Yeah. I mean, these are open events. People can go watch. And uh, basketball's had the red-white game. And I'm not being critical. I mean, I understand how it all works now. But baseball is one of those things. When you play these games, I mean, it's, it's, it's open. And, you know, Dave's kind of like Coach Richardson was. He didn't care if you come watch practice or not. Now, he didn't care if the other coaches from the other teams come watch practice or not. Um, but but, but, but I think session stands for yeah, no you know practices. these are yeah I mean people people are able to go is my point people are yeah. able to you know actually feel like they're at the ballpark and watching a real game. I remember going to Nolan Richardson's practices before football games, and they'd actually have the concession stands. There'd be enough people there. They opened the concession stands in Barnhill to to, to take care of the people that were watching practice. You know it was. Um, you know, back in those days, and look, it was different in football. And social media is what changed it all. I mean, I'm, I'm, Camera you know, we phones. can say, you know, we can say coaches are, you know, coaches didn't care, and, but, 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 you know, they do care about stuff like that. And I realize things are different now. And hey, talk radio had a hand in that. I won't lie. I mean, and 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 social media kind of put it over the edge. And um, I understand why they do it now. But baseball just lends itself to being more open for people to come watch. So it's yours and Randy's fault. So, 
That's what it sounds fault. like. That's yeah, Randy's fault. That's gonna we do- had something to do with it. I, you yeah. know, I won't lie. That's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 Sparky. Guys, apparently it's International Gin and Tonic Day. That was mm. what my grandpa and now my brother drinks. What did your grandpa drink? What was he sipping on when you were a kid? Sweet tea, buddy. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't any of that stuff in our in my grandparents' house. I can promise you that. Coffee depends and on, sweet tea. Depends on which grandparents' house you went to. Uh, in my background, one of them it was coffee or, or tea, like Chuck was saying, and the other one maybe a bush light uh, every now and then. But uh, there wasn't a lot of that going on. So he didn't. He didn't ever do excessively around me, and I. I don't. I mean, he wasn't uh, drank a lot or anything. But I did. You know, I did find it funny. There was consistently tonic water and gin in my grandparents' yeah. household. I don't remember what my papa drank, but I do remember that's what my daddy Joe drank. He probably only drank when he was around you. That's probably the only. I was going to say, was a good you've been around kid. the house. I, you know, drive someone to drink. Billy Graham would have started drinking oh, around you. Please, <laughs> please. Nothing, Tommy? All right. All right, we got hour three coming up here on the morning rush. Let him hang live on that one. From- yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ty, it's your bet, man. I was I mean, let it's your bet. No. I mean, what, do you want somebody to bail you out? No, I want Tommy to do a, a, a dang read like you always. Oh, I know, but I was just going to let you wilt right there. I was just letting you wilt. We are at the fourth annual Mr. Crappie Invitational Classic, the richest crappie tournament in the world. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com Promo code HTL you're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Let's get into our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. I need some education, guys. What is the best way to cook fish? Is it pan fry? Is it blacken? Is it bake? Is it grill? Is it poach? I don't do a lot of fish cooking. What is the best way to cook fish? Well, I'd say the the number one answer for our Kansans is probably fried. We like our put fried it in a deep fryer. Yeah. Now I'm I, not saying that's you know I, I mean it's not the healthiest, but you said the best. Yeah. So uh, that's put it in the deep fryer. Yeah, we're gonna go fry daddy. You know, old school that's countertop right. fry daddy uh, is what we're gonna go there. I prefer to when I get a mess of, of, of trout, I put it on the smoker. 
smoked trout fillets. That's that's the way to go. But uh, that's not that's not the number one answer. That's not the answer that that I, passes I, I'll the I'll take fried crappie any yes. day of the week over anything else, respectfully. But uh, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I would take fried crappie over all of them. Chuck, do you have an air fryer? Tommy keeps telling me yeah, about the Yeah, I've air got fryer. an air fryer. Of course I've got an air yeah. fryer. It's man's best friend. Is that worth the investment, guys? Tommy, oh, you always yeah, talk about absolutely. it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're like 40 50 bucks. You can get you I a, mean, uh, yeah. you've got big money, Ty. Go out, mm, listen, go out and buy a nice one. I'm lucky yeah. to fill up a tank of gas these days. Oh, go please. out and buy a nice one. Please. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we, uh, we've had one for a while, and, man, for, for kids, our, our kids are about that age. They can start using it now, so they don't have to bother us to do everything. So you can cook can anything make, in there. They can make their own chicken nuggets now. Rob agrees with you. He says fried. Nick says it depends on the type of fish. So crappie, does, it needs to be. I mean, well, we're talking crappie. We're talking crappie. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. fried. Don't don't talk to me about grilled crappie. Um Crappie's meant to be fried and eaten that way. It's why you don't eat it every day. It's why it's a big deal when you get it. In fact, I'd prefer a uh, beer batter on it, to be honest with you. You know, the thing about that fish fry they're having up there, the problem is you're going to get up to the front of the line, and they're going to give you about two or three pieces. And you're going to want a lot more than that. So you got to figure out a way, you know, to hover around the front of the line. you got to work on your hovering skills in a situation like that. It's kind of like, kind of like when the station gives away T-shirts. You know, there's always someone wants one for their brother. <laughs> hey, can I get an extra couple pieces for my brother? Well, they're yeah. always mediums too. You know, yeah. you always got a bunch of mediums. Nobody wears <laughs> mediums, right? Uh, so, I mean, I need an extra fillet for my brother. Michael, where's he at? Well, he ain't here, but I'm gonna take it back to him. Michael offered up the advice and said I could just buy an air fryer and expense it. I like that idea, Michael. I think that's that's pretty great. Uh, now, I did get a pretty startling text from Billy. He says, guys, uh, in, in to y'all's statement, an air fryer is just an oven, an overpriced oven. What is y'all's well, It's not overpriced, but that's exactly right. It's a countertop oven. Yeah, it's, it's just more handy. Yeah, it's, it's more easy. handy. You don't, you don't have to heat up the whole house. So yeah. Okay. So pretty consensus on the fried. So if I'm going to have crappie for the first time, I'm not going to be able to go to this weekend, it has to be fried. Oh, absolutely. You got to put in a deep fryer with yeah, grease, eat. the whole deal. Okay. Yeah. Cast you got to go skill. over the edge, man. Yeah. Right. Now I know. Now I know. Clog an artery. Clog an artery. That is your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Doc. Yeah, Tom. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. I haven't been watching a ton of the playoffs to this point, but I have seen a lot of people frustrated with Bob Costas. Have y'all had it? Do you guys have an opinion on the longtime Hall of Famer and kind of how he's been doing playoffs as of late? I haven't watched his broadcast, but he's one of the best to ever do it. I can tell you that. You said the three key words, Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, look, you can get a false sense of what the world thinks if all you do is read Twitter. I mean, that's just the reality of things. And, you know, people like to pick on. That's one of those jobs everybody thinks they can do. Everybody thinks they can do it better than the guy doing it. And, um... Bob Costas is an easy target because he's been doing it for so long, and now they, you know, they brought him back after a hiatus. And look, he does go on and on a little bit sometimes. My personal preference, and, and this is why I like Jack Buck over Vin Scully. 
Um, I like a guy that talks about the game. I like a guy that knows the game. I like a guy that paints the picture of the game. I don't really care about what happened 30 years ago. And I don't mean that in a cold way, but I don't, I don't like all the stories. I like people talking about the game. That's my preference. Bob Costas gets a little too story stuff for me. I, I'm, I'm not really into that, but that's just personal preference. When I think of Bob Costas, I think of old NBA Michael Jordan. He is, as you mentioned, a Hall of Famer, so he can do a variety of sports. But that's when I see Bob Costas. That's well, that's because of your is. age. That's because of your age. I, I mean, Bob Costas was raised on baseball. I mean, he's a St. Louis guy. He was, you know, his, his dream job was to be the voice of the Cardinals, and he. He started doing baseball, you know, he was like about 21, and he looked like he was nine. And, uh, I mean, I can remember Costas when he literally looked like a little boy. And they used to make fun of him because he looked like a little boy. But, yeah, I mean, he gets a little carried away sometimes. But um, he is a Hall of Famer, and they don't just pass those out. I remember uh, summer, it was about 20 years ago, maybe 22, where Jack Buck was had surgery or was ill. I don't remember the circumstances yeah, that Costas well, filled in. He had Parkinson's, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and Jack later came back, but uh, but Bob Costas filled in for a few months. Yeah, on Costas, St. Louis uh, and it was awesome. Well, so. Costas will tell you, and I, I've heard interviews. I mean, the only job he ever wanted was to be the voice of the Cardinals, and all this other stuff came on top of that. And he got so big that the voice of the Cardinals' job was 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 you know I won't say it was beneath him, but I mean he had better things going to be honest about it and. He was, you know, they did the same thing to Musburger. There was a time when if there was a big sporting event, Brent Musburger did it. I mean, Super Bowl, whatever. Brent Musburger was the guy doing it. And by the time he got old, everybody made fun of him, and they were tired of him, and they said it's time for him to go. And familiarity breeds contempt, and that's just how it works in, in, in that business, our business. And, you know, Costas is an easy target. I got a chance to meet Musburger in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and – even talking in just everyday conversations, he had that same voice that you hear on air. I, I just, you just are in, looking in awe. Yeah, I was in awe. It was it was unbelievable. You talk about one of the best memories that I have meeting someone that I grew up watching and listening to. But that definitely sticks in the crawl. Social media was brutal on Brent Musburger at the end of his time. And they're brutal on Bob Costas right now, but that is not a reflection of the world. It's just a reflection of those people who are punching stuff into their phone. Well, even yeah. Mike Francesa got it in the action. Costas, who will not be quiet no matter what. Listen, Costas has just, I don't know, he thinks that I guess every word is golden because he just will not shut up. Well, now let me say this about Mike Francesa. I remember the day when the NFL on CBS tried to put him on the air, and he was an abject failure. He's average on his best day. So, uh, you know, in terms of the, you know, the national stuff, I mean, for, for somebody like Francesa to criticize Costas, that's ridiculous. I mean, uh, uh, Bob Costas has done more in his career than Mike Francesa will ever do. And uh, that, that uh, um, you know, stuff like that that people say that people sometimes even give credence to, I mean, that's ridiculous. I just want to figure out where that fountain of youth is that Costas has found. He's 71, I think. And he looks like he's still about 41. He finally looks like he's old enough to buy beer. I, I mean, uh, I, I mean, he, he, he did when he started. He looked like he was nine years old. And um, he's, he's just always looked a lot younger than his age. I'm, I'm pulling up some pictures right now because I, I, I didn't have any 
any idea that he looked he's got the coconut head back in the day that's pretty crazy yeah they were doing the i don't i didn't i don't i'm not a yankees fan but uh what's the starting it, chuck who's the start i can't think of the starting ace for well garrett, if you don't know garrett, don't ask it's garrett something i can't think of the, garrett cole yeah garrett cole he's the uh starting ace for the Urink Yankees, and one of the Guardians guys hit a home run off of him, and apparently Cole has a baby face, and when he was walking around the bases, he was rocking the baby a little bit. I didn't notice that part. I'm not a big <laughs> rock the baby guy, but, uh, you know, maybe some people notice that. So you got the Astros and Yankees, and then the Guardians and Padres. Now, Chuck, you referenced it on Monday. It would be a, it would not be as good a rated a series if the Yankees don't get out and the Astros. The Astros have had a lot of success as of late, but the Padres and Phillies matching up against each other. What's the World Series you guys want to see, or do you just not care? Oh, I, I, you know, I, I, I watched the Phillies and the Padres last night, and I thought it was a good game. I mean, it was a good playoff baseball game. And uh, the Phillies are playing well right now. And, you know, for them to jump out 1-0, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a big deal. They did it in San Diego. So, you know, and I do think the Padres, I mean, with their crowd, I think, you know, they've got a home field advantage there. So that's a, that's a big win for them. Um, I've always thought Houston was the best team in the American League. I, I've, I, even when they were scuffling along some early, I mean, they've, uh, Houston's got everything. Um, the Yankees have been kind of up and down, so I, I'm I'm going to take Houston in that series. But you know the Phillies, the Phillies are the team right now that um, I mean they're the hottest team out there, and it would not surprise me at all to see the Phillies win the NL pennant and go to the World Series. But I think Houston's coming in out of the AL. I think Benintendi's back for the ALCS. My roommate, who's a Yankees fan, was telling me that. Is it weird that? That's the I think that's the only Arkansas connection we have left in postseason. If I'm missing now, one. Stanek, Stanek, and okay. Trevor Steffens with the Yankees. So, so uh, there's some guys out there still. Is it weird cheering yeah. for Darth Vader just because of the Arkansas connection? Or can you just cheer for that individual at this point? I never, never. There's never a good day to root for the Yankees. I can just tell you. I'm that. not pulling for the Yankees because Ben Benintendi's playing for them, or because Trevor Steffen's playing for them. I mean, I hope they do well, but I'm not pulling for them. But now, look, I'm not pulling for the Astros because Ryan Stanek pitches for them. I'm just yeah. pulling for the Astros because you know I don't pull for the Yankees. You brought up a yeah. stat on the Give Me the Hawks Chuck podcast. Isn't Stanek as a reliever? in the top of Astros history with his yeah, ERA? Now, you know, it's based on appearances and things like that. And, you, you know, you got to have a certain number to qualify, I guess, for a stat like that. And you can sometimes, you know, you can couch those stats in a lot of different ways. But based on what they are using um, on number of appearances, he's got the best ERA of any reliever in their franchise history. Regular season, one one five. Now, the game's different now because you've got, you know, a lot of these guys, and Stanek's one of them, are one-inning specialists. And so, uh, but but look, that's part of why I think Houston's the best team out there and why I think they're going to win the World Series is because they've got, uh, um, you know, their one-inning guys are really, really good. And and I, I just think they've got the advantage there. We're talking about Arkansas Connections, and, you know, I'm probably the last guy that's ever going to bring up an NBA conversation, but I was looking at a list of Arkansas connections not necessarily Razorback connections to NBA rosters here as the season gets underway uh, it, it's pretty amazing I mean when you go from you know Moses Moody and you go to the two guys from Fort Smith that are now in Oklahoma City you've got Austin Reeves playing there's about eight or nine guys Chuck that are on NBA rosters. well one of the age-old debates in our state 
is and, and it's a great summertime show. Is are we a football state or are we a basketball state? Um, because when you look at the players that we've put in the pros in basketball, um, I mean, we put a lot of them in there, and we got some. I mean, we've got some really good areas in our state that can produce basketball players that can match anybody in the world. I don't know if we can say that about every other sport, but. Um, you know, basketball is a uh, – um, when you look at the Arkansas Connections, you're right. You realize that there's a lot of good basketball played in our state and there's a lot of good basketball coaches out there. Malik Monk still still around. Yeah. I mentioned yeah. Reeves. Uh, you got Isaiah Joe and Jalen Williams now in uh, Oklahoma Daniel City. Gafford. I, I mean, Gafford. you still got guys out there. Uh, three, three different players out in California playing uh, for Patrick three different Beverly. teams. Yeah. You know, yeah, Patrick Beverly, but he, I mean, I was just talking about guys that were from our state. Though. Oh, yeah. It's pretty yeah. amazing. I mean, if you just take yeah. the Razorback part out of it and just look oh, yeah. at our Kansans that uh, grew up here, pretty amazing. Hey, guys, one place I know you can talk about that is V's Barbershop. You can go to the one in Bentonville. You can go to the one in Little Rock. I guarantee you're going to get a good discussion going. This is, this is a real barbershop, and by that I mean they got real barber chairs. They got old-fashioned hot leather, and they've got straight-edge razor shaves, and you know they've got haircuts for seniors, for kids. They'll shampoo. They'll do a facial and a massage if you're into that. You know, they'll trim your mustache. They'll trim your beard. Shave your neck. They'll even shine your shoes. They got a lot of stuff going on there, and and I and I think you're going to enjoy the experience at V's Barbershop. Now, uh, they've got. A location in Bentonville, and they've got a location in Rogers, too. In Bentonville, they're on Southwest 14th Street. They're just west of 71 Business. In Rogers, they're in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center. We mentioned Little Rock, two locations there, Cantrell Road and Chennault Parkway. Ty likes to go in there and talk about how Cooper Rush is going to take over for Dak. <laughs> but uh, um, you can always get a good sports discussion going at V's oh, Barbershop. Yeah. Beesbarbershop.com, by the way, too, guys. You know, Derek and Zach like to do the bingo card. Tommy, I would have had million-to-one odds that you would not bring up an NBA topic on this show. Well, but you did it. And Jalen yeah. and, and Isaiah playing tonight for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to be watching that game, hopefully get a chance to go over. And we don't have, like, this is a Cowboys state. Baseball, this is a Cardinal state. We don't have a specific NBA team. The Thunder and the Mavericks and the Grizzlies are probably at the top of that list. Maybe with this Jalen and Isaiah edition, Thunder kind of overtake it this year. I, 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 th- I think I'm just going to speak candidly here. I think we're missing the boat. I, th- I think there are NBA fans in our state. I think the ones in Central Arkansas go to Memphis. I think the ones in the western part of our state have gone to Oklahoma City lots of times before. It's going to be a lot more fun now with Jalen Williams over there and Isaiah Joe. Guys, this is this is something that, that, that people our age, Ty, I think probably your generation is much more NBA based than my generation and maybe Tommy's generation. But there are a lot of NBA fans out there and we just talked about how there are a lot of Arkansas kids playing in the NBA. They didn't grow up not dreaming about playing pro basketball. That's what they grew up dreaming about. So I think there uh, uh, I think there is a market for the NBA. And um, I think you'll see a lot more people from Arkansas go, but I think they've gone already. It's just maybe some people haven't noticed it. Yeah, and I think when Durant was in Oklahoma City, I saw a lot more Thunder fans back then. Even though he's a Longhorn, people like a winner. 
And uh, that that was a lot of fun with him and hey. Westbrook were together. And people people from Fort Smith and the River Valley drove over there a lot. Let me tell you something. <laughs> there's there's there's. I don't know that Oklahoma City, Oklahoma is where you thought an NBA franchise would flourish. But you ask an Oklahoma Sooners basketball person, the basketball people in that state, what they follow? They follow the Thunder. Yeah. They follow the Thunder. That's what they follow in that state. I went and saw the Pacers play when we were up there in Indianapolis, and, and even that was during a COVID climate. Look, it, it's, it's, it's not something I'd sit down and watch for two and a half hours on television, but it was a pretty good time. And um, I think I think more people enjoy it than we realize. When the Thunder were really good and they're at their most recent peak, I guess their only peak, the franchise in Oklahoma City is not that old, that conversation and the follow on the Thunder was the only thing I that could take down the Sooners as far as the number one thing people were talking about. They were talking more about Thunder basketball than Sooner football. And I that, to me, in that state is an amazement. Well, look at Memphis. You know, Memphis is the best basketball city in the South, in my opinion, and uh, always has been. It is a basketball city. Now, there are larger metropolitan areas that may produce, in terms of mass numbers, more players. But just in terms of being a basketball city, you're not going to find one better than Memphis. And, um, you know, it's, for years was a Memphis State basketball city. But, um, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies, they pack them in. They pack them in. People talk about it every day, and um, there will be a lot more people from our state, whether they admit it or not, <laughs> will be paying more attention to the NBA this year because of Isaiah, Joe, and Jalen and some of the other guys. You also have two back-to-back NBA champions. Two years ago, it was Bobby Portis and the Milwaukee Bucks. Last year, it was, it was Moses Moody and Golden State Warriors. Now, Moses didn't contribute as much as Bobby did, but I was talking to several friends in the Milwaukee-Madison area, and Giannis Antetokounmpo is everyone's favorite player there. But you know who second is? It's Bobby Portis. Well, it's Portis, and, yeah. And, 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 they love him up there. And, and, you know, the thing the NBA's done, and I give them credit for this, and I, I, I wasn't paying attention while they did it, to be frank about it. But, you know, they really have created brands that transcend the cities from which they originated. You know, you got Bucks fans all over because of Giannis. You've, you've, you've got Golden State Warriors fans all over because of Steph Curry. I'm going to tell you, when I was growing up, the only player the Golden State Warriors had that was marketable was Rick Barry. And, uh, you know, they were, uh, with a few exceptions, they were not a great franchise. Yeah. But oh. the NBA has developed brands and players, and uh, the Bucks are one of them, and Bobby Portis is a big part of that. And Chris the- Mullen and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Mitch Richmond for a bit. But, yeah, they, they typically – and what I think that – you said Steph is he's also changed the game of basketball well and, and I, I didn't th- want to get off on Steph my point is the NBA's done a really good job of making their teams marketable in areas outside of those cities well, they and, make their stars marketable that league sure. is all about the star power and the stars run the show and it's the really the only professional uh, organization where the players are really in charge except, and for, it, the, it, except for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, except yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you've got you know, and I, and I I keep coming back. Why is it that way? I still think it's because they don't play with a hat or a helmet. They're just more recognizable. Oh, that's a big part of it. There's and, no question about that. You know, and everyone at some point in their life has been out in the driveway and tried to do a turnaround jumper and and act like Michael Jordan or Larry Bird making a three and 
Uh, but only you know, a few of us can actually do it, Tommy. Yeah, well, that's true. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, 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 they, that is a sport run by eight or ten, twelve star players, and uh, and it's worked out for them. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. No surprise, guys. Oscar Shibway is the SEC preseason player of the year. Kentucky is it second? Where do you think Arkansas was slotted by the media this week? Oh, I think Arkansas was probably uh, picked to win the league. What about you, Tommy? Second. Kentucky won, Arkansas two. That's Tommy, you're right. They're two at right now. And we got Nick Smith Jr. as a first-teamer All-SEC. Colin Castleton, the most punchable face in college basketball, along with Oscar Shibway, Severe Wheeler, and Santiago Viscovi from the Vols. That's your first-team Selection. The list is follows. Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, Bama, A&M, Florida, LSU, Ole Miss. Don't really care about the remaining rest. But, guys, I kind of thought Arkansas would be that second or third, and that's where the media has them heading into the season. And, Chuck, you mentioned it. Roger State, it's coming up next Monday, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be a great year. Kentucky's generally going to be big first or second. And, you know, that's uh, that's fine. Sheboy's, you know, probably going to be the – you know, preseason player of the year, and not just in the league, but maybe nationally too. So, you know, they're going to be a team that always gets the preseason hype, and the good news is you get to play them twice, I guess, this year. Yeah, you know, if that's the way it finished, Kentucky won and Arkansas two in the league, Arkansas is going to be a high seed, I would, I would suspect. I mean, so, you know, Kentucky's that kind of program that can be a one seed. You finish second in this league behind a really good Kentucky team, if, if that's what they pan out to be. Chuck, you could still be a second or third seed uh, oh, yeah. in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the league's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to have some teams. You think about Auburn and Tennessee, maybe some others. I mean, there's there's some candidates there to be really, uh, really good seeds in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think the one, two teams will probably be, you know, no worse than a third seed in the tournament. 
Auburn football's best friend is their basketball program right now. Yeah. People can turn the page on that thing down there. I don't hear Bruce Pearl giving Brian Harson any vote of confidence, though. Have you guys heard that? No. Nah, Maybe not since the it. summer. No. 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 Here's the thing about Kentucky basketball, which is kind of unique this year. Wheeler and Sheboy, both transfers. Wheeler came over from Georgia. Sheboy came over from West Virginia. Guys, they're seniors this year. And that's not typical of a Cal coach team. He's usually, and not to say that he doesn't have any hot shot freshmen. I think Damian Jones is the great blue chip that they got in this past recruiting class. But to have his best two players as veterans, that's going to be unique for Cal and Lexington this year. Well, I think the NIL is a big part of that, just to just to be real blunt about it. And I think he benefits from the fact that as good as Sheboy is as a college player, you don't see a whole lot of back-to-the-basket guys in the NBA right now. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm going to be interested to see if Sheboy tries to do this year and the success that he has if he tries is do we see a guy that tries to expand his game and turn into a, you know, I, I don't I – don't, you know, Zion Williamson's not polished even now, but, um, you know, can he be a guy that faces the basket a lot? I don't mean just can he do it some. I mean can he do it a lot? But I think Cal benefited from that, from from the fact that, that you know, Sheboy's going to get a lot of NIL money. Um, it's not the best position for an NBA guy of his size, the way he plays. Um, and You know, I'm not sure what the deal is on Wheeler, but I'm sure NIL money's got something to do with it, and maybe draft position does too. I just think I keep coming back to what you always talk about, Tommy, that end of the game being in Bud Walton Arena. Guys, how much is that lowest ticket going to go for if it shakes out where they're playing for number one slot in the SEC tournament in Nashville? Is that a $200, $250 ticket? Oh, maybe more than that. Oh, I think it'd be more than that. I think it'll be yeah. more than that. If, you know, if it comes down to that's going to be the game that decides the SEC regular season championship, um, you know, that stands to reason both will probably be in the top ten, maybe even the top five. It'll be a national game. It'll probably be the game of the day in college basketball. So I would expect everything. If You know, it's big if, but if we get to that point, everything would be at a premium. Nestler, it'll, be the hard, it'll be the hardest ticket since the UNLV game if it plays out like yeah. you described. So. Might be. Nestler and CBS will be there for that game today. It's probably going to either be at 1 or, or, or 3 o'clock on that. Now, one of the questions that Eric Musselman has of this roster this year is who can shoot? And I'm talking about three-pointers. And they struggled mightily last year outside the top 275 or 300 in that category and somehow still made it to the Elite Eight. And I think Nick's got a pure stroke. I've watched him. It's one thing to shoot in a game. It's one thing in practice. But do they have enough floor spacers on this year's team? They didn't necessarily have that last year. They, can they expand that this year? Well, you know, one one thing to think about, and, and, and yes, that's a valid point, and all those questions are going to be answered. But you look at what's happened in the last two Elite Eights um, with Baylor and Duke. It was not the lack of three-point shooting that put them out of the NCAA tournament. It was the inability to match them phys- physically inside and the inability to play defense above the rim. It, uh, at least that was my observation, and, and at least that was part of it. And so um, I think they'll shoot threes well enough. Uh, you know, they're going to score a lot of points off their defense if things work out right. You better have somebody that can get you a rebound when you've got to have it with a minute to go. And that's the kind of players well, you're talking about there. You, you know, you think about two years ago. I think about that guy for uh, – first off, they couldn't stop Mitchell off the dribble – 
uh, in that game against Baylor. But that uh, that big guy, that uh, uh, last name starts with a V. I can't remember. Oh, but uh, hold on. Um, well, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is that yeah. well, the point is, is that they were unable to match his physicality. And you look at it last year with Bancaro. Um, you know, he was he was the dominant player in there, and and. Both those teams, Arkansas, play played defense above the rim. Arkansas's defense, you know, on the interior, a lot of times was drawing charges, and that's not bad, but it's not going to win you a national championship. Two teams make the Final Four without a true five. You know, and Arkansas is going to have some good competition for those bigs on that front line. So, uh, but you just look at the teams, guys, that, that end up in the, the, the last four, and, and college basketball's biggest stage, they always have, like you're talking about, Chuck, that big man presence. Well, and I mean, you got to have somebody that can probably play the four or the five because, you know, the game may very well require that. But um, I, I just think, you know, my impression when I look at the roster and I look at the size and you look at the athleticism of, of some of the big guys particularly that they brought in, that that, that seems to be an emphasis, that, that, that you got to defend the rim sometimes above the rim. And, um, you know, that's that – it seems to be that they've gotten those types of players. Can you get to a Final Four with a true freshman being your best player? Yeah. I guess we're going to find out. Sure you but, can. I mean, the, he's assumed to be the leader of this team. Tommy, you've noticed it from the stuff that we've gotten a chance to go to. But I think that's something that is uh, a lot of Arkansas fans are going to ask themselves this year is, can our team make a Final Four run with a true freshman as its best player, which you haven't had since... Corliss, is that a fair statement? I'm trying to, I'm just trying to recycling through my head like teams and best players on each team. Is that you got to go back twenty something years where true well, freshman was your best? Well, the point is though, there 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 have been lots of teams over the years that you can go all the way back to Magic. I'm, I mean, there 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 have been guys who've done pretty well with great players. I mean, we've uh, you know we've not had a guard like this that's been as heralded as Nick Smith is, Corliss played a different spot and was a different type player. So, um, you know, Smith, it sounds like, is going to be that type player. And there's going to be a lot of hype, and there already has been. And we'll see if he can live up to it all. Yeah, what we've seen so far in the international play over in Spain and Europe where they played, he, I mean, he was the leader of the team. He's He was uh, not the leading scorer on Sunday, but he had 22 well, behind a game-high 25. Mm -hmm. this, the team is going to go as far as he can go, it appears. Let's go to Hawaii, and I know it's going to be in a small building over there, but the bright lights of the nation are going to be watching that. Let's, let's watch that and come back and talk again. Uh, that's kind of my milepost, uh, Hawaii and how you do there, and then Oklahoma. Those are the two measuring sticks I've got laid out for the pre-conference season. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, he's, he's a great player, and, um, you know, he's, uh, uh, he's going to play for a long time, it appears. And, you know, it, it, it may very well be a situation where from a scoring standpoint, as he goes, so go the Razorbacks. I understand it could be that way, but I think you got a lot of other guys there, too, that are going to make him better. And, and as excited as we are about Nick Smith, I feel like the excitement level isn't enough for the kind of player you've gotten that's basically won every award, every accolade for being the player of the year in his group, his class, whether it's summer ball, whether it's high school ball, uh, he's done it all, and uh, you know, it, it feels like the excitement level for where it should be for this caliber of player just hadn't quite gotten to that point yet. Well, I think it will. I think, you know, most people haven't watched him play yet. 
Yeah. You know, if you didn't, uh, you know, if you didn't watch that 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 stream when they played over in Europe, and if you didn't go to the red white game, um, you know, you've not seen him play yet, and 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 we've not seen him play against D one competition either, and playing the big games, and I suspect that you know once everybody gets a chance to see him that. The excitement level about him is going to grow even more. Maybe this is a bad comparison that I'm about to give, but I remember the hype for Mitch Mustaine when he was recruited out of high school, and he had many of the same accolades that we're talking about with Nick Smith. I think Nick Smith is clearly a more proven player to this point just entering college uh, based on the, the ability to do that in the summer. But I, I kind of put the, the same comparisons that, you know, Mitch was number one, parade All-American, all of these things. He's ever been or better as far as his sport and, and the honors he's gotten. Well, if you're just talking about pure pub, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, certainly certainly Mustang got it. Different, different sports, different situations. Um, you can be more of an individual in basketball than you can in football, I think. Um, but, you know, he's, he's gotten an incredible amount of hype. And, um, you know, it's, it's – um, again, I, I just think it's a situation where once people – begin to see him play and look we've seen how it's happened here before not just with Muss, but with other coaches before Muss, with you know with nolan particularly i i mean when basketball's doing well and that calendar flips and you get into the new year the best player on the team's the biggest star in the state and if nick smith jr's the best player on the team and he's everything he's been advertised to be he'll be the biggest star in our state griffin fayetteville texting he says malik monk's a good comp griff i disagree a little bit i got a chance to watch malik monk archie goodwin Kayvon allen some other outstanding players that have come through here and the one thing i appreciate and Kayvon did this nick played defense archie and malik didn't play a lick of defense and malik would settle a lot of times, even if it shot one going in. If you watch Nick Smith in high school or in the AU circuit, if his shot's not going, he's getting to the rim. He's getting other guys involved. He has that mental acuity that I think is very rare, kind of like it was as Mo Moses Moody as a true freshman. I think you're going to see a completely different player, Nick Smith, that you just don't often see as a true freshman. Well, we're going to find out. I mean, you know, that's 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 – you know, that's part of the hype. What you just said is part of the hype. And, you know, we're going to find out. It, it sounds like he's going to be good enough to live up to all that. But, you know, again, I, I think we're going to have to see him play in meaningful games. And that's not a knock on him. I, and, and it's not a doubt on my part. Not at all. But, um, I, you know, when you're talking about why people aren't more excited about him, I, I, I think if he performs well in those games, I think people are going to understand. Yeah, and I, I think part of it, Chuck, is the football team's been been good? Sure, maybe not absolutely. great, but, but that's yeah. that's that's captured. KJ has captured the yeah. attention of the fan base. Well, that, that's part of it as well. And 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 when you're good, when you're good, your best player during football season is going to be the biggest thing in the state. When you're good in basketball, best player on your team is going to be the biggest thing in the state. Same thing for baseball. Um, that's that's the byproduct of being good. Guys, I you know I don't pay attention to everything, but one thing I do know is that there are no signs that the housing market is doing anything but just continuing to blow and go in our part of the world. And maybe now more than ever, if you're buying a home or if you're selling a home, you need somebody on your team that is 
well-versed in the market, well-versed in buying and selling, and in other words, knows exactly what they're doing. A trained professional, a Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company trained professional. They've got the best training program in the business, and that's why when you've got one of these people on your side, you can rest assured that they're going to get you from the contract to the close. They're going to understand how to negotiate the price, which is important, and they're going to be able to, to handle all the things that seemingly come up when you've, got a, when you've got a real estate transaction going on. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. There's another in Springdale. They've got one in Bentonville. They're in Fort Smith. They've just opened up a new one in Branson. So they're all over. You're going to see their yellow signs, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Tommy, I think this next conversation is going to be pertinent to your household. The NFL and Amazon have announced in 2023 a Black Friday game. So instead of Laura having to go out and shop on Friday, she can just stay home and then do stuff on Amazon. I think it's great marketing on their part because the idea is, well, you don't have to go out Black Friday shopping. You can just stay home, watch the game, and order stuff on Amazon. Now, this is the same day, of course, as the Arkansas and Missouri game. So guys, some thoughts on that news that broke yesterday. Will it no be thoughts. a good game? Will it be a good game? That's that. That's the problem with some of these. Is yeah, you move one to a special time, but if it's a terrible game, and I think that the, the Thanksgiving tradition is Thanksgiving Day, watching the Lions play, watching the Cowboys play. Those are those are the games that uh, kind of mark the Thanksgiving holiday. I don't think putting a, I don't think people go out and shop anymore for Black Friday. I think they shop in at home. They, the sales start earlier. I don't think this will have the effect that they're hoping because traffic. Used to be bad. I couldn't get to the radio station in time to do the show on Fridays, the day after Thanksgiving. It's not that way anymore. People, I just people shop differently. I just wonder if, like in the second quarter, they're going to say for the remainder of the second quarter, you get thirty <laughs> percent off on Amazon Prime on this beautiful brooch. I want a old school Kmart blue light special, exactly red light special. Right. Yeah. I want them to roll the cart back yeah. into that 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 department and. Mark everything down for the next 15 minutes. That's what I'm That's I right. Want. The next pass is complete. Everyone gets 10% off their order <laughs> if they order in the next 10 minutes. You know, Come something on. like that. Bezos can afford it. You know, he's the, he's the richest man in the world. So I uh, think, uh, you know, look, your point's well made in that all anybody's trying to do, um, or at least ultimately what you have to do, you got to change people's habits. And people have habits on days like Thanksgiving. And I don't know if watching an NFL game on Amazon is going to become a habit for someone who spent the last several years doing things a certain way on that day. You know, when you start messing with traditions, um, you know, what people have always done on a Thanksgiving day or the Friday after Thanksgiving, the games they've watched, where they've been, who they've been with, um, it's a lot easier or it's a lot more difficult to change those habits than simply saying, all right, we're going to stream a football game. Um, you know, that's 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 not going to make you change what you've always done. Yeah. And uh, my guess is it's not going to be a game that decides a division or home field advantage for, for playoffs would be my guess. I would imagine you're right. Do you guys think that Arkansas-Missouri game's going to stay on Friday for the duration once they move the SEC schedule around a little bit? There's no way to know. I mean, there's just no way to know. No, um, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't think we have any idea at this point. I I wish we'd get back to that that trip we were going to make to Kansas City, where Amen. we were going to play there, and uh, and try that. COVID, you know, nicks that. But I 
I'd like to see what the fans would do and if, if that could become – Arkansas doesn't need a neutral site game where they give up home and home. And I think with the new league structure, no, nobody's going to be looking to give up a home game. But I wish that – I wish that event would have happened in, in Arrowhead. Missouri is welcome to give up that home game, Tommy. Yeah. They want to play in Kansas City rather than Columbia. Hell, their own fans don't want to go to their yeah. stadium, you know? I, I think that they would probably do better. Well, I say that. That's home stadium. They'd probably sell more. But, no, it's not. I mean, you've gone to it, Tommy. There's there's no one there, right? It's a road game for both teams. I don't like neutral site games. I hate to be the fly in the ointment here. But it's uh, all a neutral site game is is a road game for both teams. I don't care who's wearing what jersey. It's a road game. The the game in Dallas is a road game for both teams, and um, I think conference games ought to be played home at home. That's just me. I know. I know Kansas City has been a hotbed for Arkansas baseball. I'm trying to think if there's been many football guys that we've plucked out at Kansas City. Is that an area that is a football hotbed for, for recruiting? Am I just missing well, I mean, on someone? Teams, I mean, teams, teams. You know, schools go in there and recruit players. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, um. Uh, but I don't think that, you know, that Arkansas has done pretty well recruiting in Missouri. I, I don't think you've got to play in Kansas City to expand your base. I think it'd be something that it'd be fun for, you know, four or five years, and then everybody would say, why aren't we still doing this? Kind of like the deal in Dallas. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.